This is the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut. Again, with Faisal, it was about really connecting to the people. And what we also do with our marketing is with um, our customers, they quite often will do a video or post about it. And we use their content because it's real. It's all about the customer, really. Yes, you need to have a great product, but great products, they can't, they will sit there on their own unless you go out and, and talk to people. Welcome to the Shopify Dropify, your e-commerce podcast presented by the Shopify specialists at The Cut. Ben and Scott at The Cut are here to help retailers start selling online and online stores grow their customer engagement and sales conversions. In this episode, Ben talks to Lizzie Pike, founder and e-com entrepreneur from game-changing beauty brand Face Halo. Lizzie shares her e-commerce startup and growth stories, her best marketing tips, and observations on recent changes in e-commerce and digital. So hi everyone, welcome back to the Shopify Dropify. My name's Ben, I'm your host, and today really, really stoked to be talking to Lizzie Pike, who is the founder of Face Halo. Thank you for joining us, Lizzie. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ben. Really, really cool to have you on board. I mean, Scott and I have, have been in touch with Face Halo and, and, and aware of your business story for a year or two now, I think. But can you please introduce yourself quickly and give us uh, an overview of your business? Sure. So um, I started Face Halo, uh, well, we actually launched in May 2017 and we'd been developing the product and, and working on the product for a, a time before that. Um, so we created for, for me, there wasn't anything in the market that ticked all my boxes for something that was, um, gentle and soft, uh, as a makeup remover in a textile situation that was gentle on your skin because it used water only, looked good and was also good for the environment. So that started my journey on Face Halo. And so, I mean, as is often, you know, very often the case we find with with successful businesses, you found a niche that was kind of born out of a personal need that you had yourself. You wanted a a makeup remover that that met certain criteria and you couldn't find it. Absolutely. And there were so many different layers of why I wanted it. And also I have very sensitive skin too. So, and then, you know, being a busy mum of three, I needed something that was quick and easy and gentle on my skin. And I've also been an advocate for the environment for many, many years, uh, removing chemicals from the home and using textiles. So, that's where I saw an opportunity for it to come into the the beauty industry. And I'm sure, and and I think we can see from the success of your brand that uh, many, many, many mums and women uh, feel the same way. Yes. Well, you know, it's, it really has hit that sweet spot where it's the lazy girl's dream, the busy mum's dream, and people also love that they feel they can do their bit for the environment by reducing their use of single-use plastics, especially single-use makeup wipes. And especially in the last, you know, few years, that idea of, of not using things that you're using and throwing in the bin has gotten a lot of traction, which I'm sure helps you guys out. You know, Ben, it's great that you say that because when I started or when we started, uh, no one was talking about sustainable beauty. It just really wasn't a thing. But that was always part of our reason for starting it was to reduce the use of single-use plastics or single-use makeup wipes. And But we didn't want to start by saying that because we wanted to let people know this is the best makeup remover you will ever use. It's a real game changer. Oh, and by the way, you can do your bit for the environment. But we didn't want to start by saying that and then collectively people started talking about it and so that's where Face Halo then became 
at the forefront of sustainable beauty. Yeah, it's, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of benefits, isn't there? And when I was doing my my sort of research into into the brand and yourself, uh, you can probably see in my notes that I've finished my notes with Halo, 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 win, win, win. So <laughs> <laughs> I can see that there's a there's a lot of different advantages. I'm not a makeup user, but I can certainly understand that using something that's gentle, it's reusable, it's simply based on water and rinsing it out. I mean, it seems incredibly incredibly smart and a great way to do that that job. Yes, yes, it it really is. It's a, it's a true game changer. And what are you? What's your role with Face Halo, uh, Lizzie? What are you doing there day to day? So day to day, you know, it, interesting. As you know, I started this from around the dining room table where it started, and I now, saw that. Yes, I did see that. And now we've grown into having um, staff around the world, and we have an, a head office in. Perth, Western Australia, and also an office in California in the US. And so my day-to-day role is actually it's developed into everything. So when you start something, you you know everything about business from logistics to stock to marketing to growing the business, new development, retailers, e-commerce. So I actually oversee all of that, every department, to, to keep my finger on the pulse of what's actually going on with every department within the business. So we might we might call you the chief operations officer, the COO potentially, if, yep. if you're across everything. That's exactly right. Yes, yes, and because I'm I'm in there, I'm working on it. You know, I roll my sleeves up. Yeah, that no, that's uh, that's all good. I think we're all good. Um, can I just ask? And I'm only asking this because Scott and I spent some time in LA last year on our way to Unite. But where is your California office? So we are in Irvine, California, which is near Newport. So it's about an hour south of um, Los Angeles. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of Irvine for sure. So until very recently, I was asking people at the beginning of our podcast what they thought of 2020 and the new decade. And now, obviously, that question has a totally different spin to it. Can from the point of view of, of, of Face Halo, of course, can you share some of your experiences of COVID nineteen and and how you're seeing it affect Face Halo and the e commerce landscape? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question because. When uh, we first started to hear about COVID-19, I was actually in the UK and travelling back to Australia. But, you know, it was like, should I wear a mask at the airport? Should I wear a mask back? But at that stage, everyone was just saying, oh, it's just another flu. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. And then came back to Australia. Then I flew to the US to our office over there. And that's when I started to see in Australia that people were panic buying. And as soon as that hit the shops in the US, which was much later than Australia, I realised it was time to get back to Australia as well. And that's when things just really ramped up very, very fast. And I never even went back into the office. And then we all started working from home because I want to look after our staff, obviously. So they, we unfortunately, we're in a position where being a global business and a digital business, we can do that. Um, so we're all working from home and how it's affected Face Halo is, well, obviously we're in around about eight to 10,000 doors globally in retailers and e-tailers. So a lot yes. of the retailers yes. have closed their doors. But um, we're also in retailers where they have kept their doors open like Boots and Priceline, and retailers like that where people can still go in and shop because they can, they need essentials and those kind of retailers sell essentials. When it comes to the e-commerce landscape, 
that has been an interesting one to watch since March, actually, because when this yes, week, please it, tell us. Yeah, when when the pandemic, well, when they announced it was pandemic, of course, everyone didn't know what was going to happen or where the world was going to head to. So what we noticed on e-commerce, uh, e-commerce platforms, was people were still browsing, but there was really was a big dip when it came to sales for that because people were just too uncertain whether to spend their money or not. Then you, we noticed okay. from the data coming back was once people actually started working from home or were in lockdown and all in their homes, that browsing then when people started to realise that this is actually the new normal, we could be here for quite a while, then the data started to show us that that browsing was going back into conversions online as well. Okay. Okay. Did you did you um, you know did you initiate any sort of strategy when you saw that initial trend um, of browsing but not purchasing? Did you uh, initiate any sort of strategy around incentivising the traffic? Uh, not at first. I think what we wanted to do at first was acknowledge to people that this is happening. We wanted to come. We also wanted to stay authentic, which has always been a really big part of our branding and our connecti- connecting to customers is being authentic. So we, we didn't want to sort of yep. shove anything in their face. And and then when we realised that the patterns were changing and people were ready to start purchasing again, we did offer a sale because Face Halo is the perfect product for self-care at home. So we wanted to acknowledge that, you know, people may not be earning as much as they used to. So here we'll give you a discount so that you can feel better about being at home and doing some self-care. You know, this also dates back to, if you look at the research down to even World War II, where in the beauty industry, people could all, would always still buy a lipstick or do something in the beauty world to make themselves feel good. And in this environment, that's what people want. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting observation. It it also it almost becomes you know an essential item on a certain level because of the of the self esteem and, and the and the the idea of treat, treating yourself to something small in hard times is a, is a powerful idea. And that is spot on because it's face halo. Even though we you know market it as a as a makeup remover, it's also great for just day to day skincare routine. Um, because it reaches into the pores and removes just the the day, you know, cleansing in the morning and at night. Mm. Also putting on a face mask if you've got the time now at home and it removes a face mask beautifully. Um, So, yeah, and also then to acknowledge with the self-care part, Face Halo has been donating a lot of Face Halos around the world to nurses and to doctors because we've had them reach out to us. Yeah, they've reached out to us saying, you know, they come home at the end of the day after being exhausted and that one little routine of just washing their face with face halo or their body with the body halo makes them feel really, really good and it's quick and easy. So we've been donating a lot around the world to hospitals too. That's awesome. And can you you see any sort of long-term changes for the beauty sector or, or particularly for face halos that might, that might come after COVID is all over, but where the change might be something that, that stays with us? I think what is going to happen now, which will be good in a way, I think people are, are much more aware of hygiene. They will also be aware of, you know, when people notice like being at home and there's not so much traffic on the road, it's not so, so much pollution. 
So looking after our planet is becoming a, a great awareness for people at the moment too. And that's where Face Halo steps in to say, you know, one face halo can replace up to 500 makeup wipes from going into our oceans and into landfill. Face halo is gentle for your skin because it uses water only. And I think what people are noticing at the moment is how can they do their bit to look after the planet, which it was always coming, but I think this has been a bit of a wake-up call as well. I think um, I kind of came up with a concept that, that perhaps in some strange way COVID-19 is the planet's way of taking care of itself environmentally because the uh, the environmental uh, positives are just incredibly massive, like the cleaning up of the Venetian canals and um, the Himalayas coming into view because the smog is disappearing for the first time. It's really quite incredible in that way. You're absolutely correct in that sense, and that's where I think... It's created an awareness, even though we've been and the world has been talking about climate change for such a long time, I think people are actually visually seeing the change now. So then they go, oh, okay, this really does work. So what can I do to, to help toward doing, to making this a better planet, um, to help the environment because people are seeing it? So every small steps create that change and Face Halo is a great small step for that as well yeah in that sense the timing of COVID in terms of the effect the positive effect it's having on the environment and when that turned up in in the scheme of things because the the environmental damage conversation was just reaching a fever pitch it's, yes. it's really quite amazing the timing of it it is and I think that's if you can pick a positive out of what's happening for COVID because many people are suffering through this uh, financially and and their mental health by being at home. So if you were to pick a positive, then that is a positive for, for what is going on at the moment. Yeah, there, there are definitely some silver linings, but, uh, yeah, certainly not not uh, trying to downplay the, 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 the negatives and the challenges that so many people are going through. You know, us included at the cut, it's had Im- an impact on our business, and I think it has for probably most people. But, Absolutely. you know, I think it's always a good position to take to be positive and, uh, and look, look to the silver linings and look for ways to pivot and change and make use of the, the, the different scenario while it lasts. That's correct. And that's where it's about now take your time to for self-care. Self-care and care for the planet is is the the positives we can take out of this. Yeah, agreed. So, Lizzie, I'm going to hit you up with a, like a really direct question here. What has been your biggest e-commerce business learning ever in your time with Face Halo? Well, in my time with Facehale, I think the biggest e-commerce, and let me say, and I'm not just saying this because this is a Shopify call as well, but we've had online businesses in the past, and Shopify is by far the best platform we have ever used. So if ever I was going to, uh, you know, advise anyone who wanted to start up an e-commerce business, Shopify is a must-have. It is relatable. It's easy to use. Um, the support is fantastic, uh, truly by far the best e-commerce platform I've ever come across. And the biggest learning is um, for e-commerce is get your marketing right. It's all about marketing and that's where Shopify also makes it so easy as well. And can you can you give us a little bit of detail about what that looks like to get your marketing right, sure. please, Lizzie? Sure. So in the past with other businesses that I've had where on e-commerce, it just sort of sat there in cyberspace. So again, with Facehello, it was about really connecting to the people. And um, by doing that, it's about becoming authentic. First, we had Chloe. So Chloe coming on board as an influencer who had many followers 
and authentic, it's authentic by Chloe coming on board because she's part of the business, so she absolutely loves Space Halo. And what we also do with our marketing is with um, our customers, they quite often will do a video or post about it, and we use their content because it's real and uh, we use as much of their, their content as we can because that keeps the authenticity for Face Halo. So it's about getting onto your Instagram, your Facebook, Google, and just really getting your marketing out there. And one thing then that is probably the most important is listening to your customers and connecting with customers. And even though I started doing customer service in the beginning and we now have a team, I still on a day-to-day basis go in there and connect with customers and talk to them. What do they want? What are they asking? What do they love? What do they want to know more of? And it just... Finding that education and that connection with customers is probably the most important. Yeah, so I think, you know, to summarise what have, has been a series of, of really good points from you is is authenticity in yeah. the brand uh, and aligning with the right sorts of people, whether they're influencers or team members, um, you know, using that sort of social proof idea of, of the ordinary everyday people who are buying and loving your products because they're all endorsers of your products and then that can be really super powerful. Um, and, yeah, staying engaged directly with your customers in some way and listening to them that they're all very, very good points. Exactly. It's all about the customer, really. Yes, you need to have a great product, but great products don't just, they can't, they will sit there on their own unless you go out and and talk to the people. And, you know, consumers these days are really smart and really intelligent and never underestimate that. And all we all want is that connection and for a brand to understand us as consumers as well. And I think the other thing I would take away from from what's emerging is your your story in Face Halo, and, and this is a common thing we've seen and an obvious strength in most e-com success stories is the niching. So you've got a very specific product that does a very specific thing. You've only got a, a relatively small product range, but it's very, very clear what you're offering or what you do, what you specialise in, and that's incredibly powerful um, in e-commerce. Yes, it is. It's to know to know your brand and have you have your story that you know your story will connect with people as well. And it, it's true, like you said, yep. our SKUs, uh, our, our products aren't a huge range just yet. But that's also another important thing to remember. If you start and you're doing really well, and then think, oh, this is going well. I don't want to add like too many products too soon because then that gets confusing to the customer. You know, tell your story and stand up and be proud and there's still a lot of people out there in the world that haven't used face hello yet completely completely agree with that and we see that that theme about the the nation the specialization um, all the time it's it's a really common one it's something we encourage clients who might have too many or trying to go too broad we encourage them to try and niche down yeah. Um, so I think at the moment, you know, people, uh, I mean, I think people in the Shopify community, which is you, you've touched on it, is, is an awesome community and full of support yeah. and collaboration. You know, I think people more than ever are hungry for information and they'll love to, to learn from um, business people like you who are already, you know, experiencing some, some good success and some good results. So let's just, I'll get some more insights from you, Lizzie, if I can. Yeah. From your point of view, if you can cast your mind back, you know, what's the most important one or two things to focus on in, let's say, in the first year of an e-commerce business? Brand. It's all about your brand and getting brand awareness 
um, and getting your brand awareness and, and outreach to, to your customers, that really is the most important thing because it becomes about your brand. For yeah. us, it's, it's the face halo. So as I was saying to you, when we started, no one was talking about sustainable beauty, but we wanted to build that brand of face halo, that this is a game changer. And our mission was always to change the way, you know, women and people around the world remove their makeup. So just focusing on that and not trying to make it too complicated. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And it always amazes me. I think 90% of people, whether they're on the expert agency side or they're merchants like you, that they all respond with branding and brand or communication in some way. We applaud that. We help. Uh, we work with a lot of e-com businesses to get their branding and their comms right for e-commerce. Um, and a lot of people don't really understand, you know, what that means or how that works, particularly in the early stages. But it's just so critical. And in, in literally, when someone arrives on your website, if your brand's not, you know, communicating in a, in a fast, simple, powerful way, then you're not going to be getting engagement, and that means you're not going to be getting conversions. That's exactly right. You've got three seconds to grab people's attention, you know, on on e-commerce, yep. and it's that three seconds. Are yeah. you grabbing their attention enough for them to want to know more and to click through to, right. to page two or That's page it. three and then to the checkout? You know, so you've got three seconds yeah. and how do you, this is the question you need to ask yourself as a brand, how do you become the disruptor within that market? Because, you know, e-commerce now in the digital world that we live in globally, how do you break through to be that disruptor and how do you, what, yeah. How do you connect people within those three seconds? That's what brands need to ask themselves. Yeah, completely. And a lot of that idea around disrupting comes back to, to niching. If you can find a strong niche, yes. then you you do have the ability to stand out in the sector. That's correct. To find that niche, and as I said, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, very good advice. So in 2020, like... Mm. Let's put COVID to side to one side for for a minute. But in 2020, broadly and perhaps before COVID started to emerge, was your focus shifting in terms of the way your marketing and and uh, works in and driving sales, etc.? I think it, you always have to be, you know, at the cutting edge of what's next, what's next, what's coming. Never yes. get too comfortable. Never go, okay, and yes, okay, this is working, but is this going to be working in six months? Because we live in a really fast world right now and things are changing drastically, it's always trying to either keep up with it or keep ahead of it. So does the focus yes. change? Yes, we stay focused, but always uh, with marketing and driving sales is trying to keep ahead of it. Because, you know, in this world, people are always looking for the next thing. And as I said to you, in the digital world, things are changing so quickly it's always actually just keeping your finger on the pulse. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's good advice. Staying ahead, staying active, staying yeah. dynamic. Well, what's the single most important part? And I think probably we'll, we'll say that it's not branding because we've kind of covered that. But apart mm-hmm. from branding, what's the single most important part of the e-commerce picture that that can never be ignored by a merchant? The picture that can never be ignored by the merchant. Let me just give that some thought for a minute. I think it's so, about so, so the thing, the thing, the the most important thing that a merchant should never take their eye off customers. That's it, because yep. you're not connecting yep. to your customers, you're not getting sales. So to me, 
that how do you, in a retail store, you can have that connection with people. So, and this was something we, we really sat down and workshopped before we launched, was because we're, in a, we're doing this digitally, how do we have that connection with our customers? And that's, again, it's the customer service. You cannot cut your eye off it. You cannot yep. take them for granted. And it's about keeping that connection with your customers always. Okay, that's really good advice. And I'd, I'd agree with that 100%. Mm. And it's interesting that you use the analogy with the retail store because that, that's something I talk to people about a lot. Um, if they have a retail store, awesome, they can they can understand it. But I think even if they don't, I sort of encourage them to say, look, imagine all the lovely things you'll do for your customers if they're walking into a, into a physical store and then let's work out how we can make those sorts of things happen in the online environment. That's exactly it, 100%. And that's always been a big part of our yeah. focus. And as the world changes, it's how do we keep that connection to our customers? How do we keep them engaged? Um, what are we doing for them to, you know, to keep them connected to us as well? Yeah, for sure. And a lot of that, uh, that comes from sort of the three key elements, you know, email campaigns, yes. uh, loyalty programs, rewards for your customers, customer reviews, etc. Like what we did um, a few months ago actually is, you know, we do giveaways and things like that, but we did a, a, a very big giveaway, just face halo, and we, we got some amazing products that we actually purchased to go out to our customers to say thank you. And it was for them just to say thank you awesome. for being so loyal and so supportive and, you know, getting face hello to where it is today. And we wanted to thank them for that. So there's just little things like we can do like that to, to pay it forward. That's really important. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'd really like to speak to you about sort of sales and promotions, mm -hmm. um, Lizzie, if I can. Do you have sort of like an overarching strategy for when Face Halo are running sales, offering discounts, launching promotions across the year? I would always say, and we're very uh, careful about this too, is don't do it too often. Um, if you absolutely agree with yeah, that, if you're constantly discounting and doing sales and promotion, promotions are fine because you can do them in different ways. But if you're constantly discounting, you're undervaluing your your own product. Um, there are certain times, yeah. like for example, we just did a sale recently, and that was to be able to help people do their self care and you know being mindful of the fact that a lot of people don't have as much money at the moment. So that we we kind of have to be a bit agile in that and 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 flexible um but otherwise it's like you know you really only want to do it a, a couple of times a, a year where it's special and it's exciting and people are they look forward to it and not only do we get our returning customers many returning customers who are ready to top up you know for, for more face halos but we also get a lot of new customers that haven't tried it yet and, oh, this is a great opportunity to do it. So don't constantly discount or go on sale because, as I said, it just undervalues your, your product. When you've got something that you, you know, want to, you hold a lot of value to, you want your customers to value it as well. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and how generally or what are, the, what are the key ways that you market those, let's say it's a, it's a sale with a discount, how are you marketing those? Yep, so we market it by going out. We have our subscribers, so we send them uh, EDMs, newsletters. Um, we let them yep. know by that. We have a Facebook group, which is just a new one that was just started up for our um, Face Halo customers. Okay. So we let them know first. Okay. Uh, we do EDMs, and then, we, of course, we go out on our social channels, which are Facebook, 
Instagram and also on Google as well. So we, we let people know on a broad in a broad manner as best we can that, you know, we are having a promotion or a sale. And it sounds like you launched that opportunity to the people who are already your customers or part of your community already, is that right? Yes, we always let them know first because they are so loyal to us. Yeah. Um, so we like to yeah. give them a little bit of a, 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 you know, especially because if, it, if we're going to sell out, we like to let our loyal customers know first and just give them that bit of a heads up and maybe even a cheeky little extra discount for being so loyal. Completely, completely. And that, and that comes back to what you were saying earlier in terms of finding ways of looking after your existing customers. That That's one example of that, isn't it? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. And we're always connecting to our customers through our newsletters on a regular basis to keep them up to date with everything that's happening, uh, educational pieces, you know, things that we've learned that we want to share with them as well. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about um, the idea of, you know, people plus products. Um, so let's keep this really simple to start with, but what would be your leading first comment if I asked you to talk about the idea of people and products in e-commerce? So what do you mean by that? Can you just expand on that a little bit more about people and, and Yeah, sure. Products? I mean, yeah. I think... I think yeah, I think where I'm where I'm trying to go is 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 with understanding the sort of the time or, or the effort you put into understanding your customers and and how you're going to develop or or launch new products to to meet what their needs are. Perfect. So that's what I mean about that's why I'm constantly keeping on top of the customer service because I want to listen to what they're saying. Um, what do they need? What are they asking for? And when I hear them talking about the product or if they have questions, then what happens, because I do a lot of the product development, then I can uh, develop products around what they're actually asking for and what they're needing, which is, you know, we are releasing new products in the next few months based on what our customers have been asking for. Are you, are you able to give us an example of that or is it is it is it top secret at the moment? It's a little top secret at the moment. There's quite a few products That's coming okay. out. I yeah. thought it might be. I thought it might be. Can, can you give us a, can you give us a past example of, of like something that came from a customer that led you to Absolutely. to make a change or launch something new? Yes. So um, when we started, we started with the Facelo original, which is white. And we launched that one. We took quite a while to do the design of it. And why we launched with the white was because I knew people needed to be convinced. So if you can use the white face and you can see the makeup coming off, then you're convinced that it's working. And that's why it's been such a a great one to actually – that's why it went viral too because people could see it coming off. And then we started working with makeup artists specifically in um, the U.S., uh, the celebrity uh, makeup artist, because they came to us and said, hey, we love this product, but we need something for a bit heavier makeup and we want something that we can carry in our makeup kits that, you know, it doesn't show the makeup. So, and they go, okay. we, know, we know it works, but we want, so that's how we came about developing the Face Halo Pro. We called it the Pro because it was worked with professional makeup artists and we did it black. So it was for that heavier makeup and that they could carry around in their makeup kits. So that was about okay, listening to, to our customers. Yeah, that's an awesome, an awesome example. Thank you, thank you for sharing that with yeah. me. Um, in terms of presenting your products to your customers, and that might be the content you have on your pages or your product photography. How have you changed that approach over time to the way you're showing your products online? That hasn't actually changed, to tell you the truth. Uh, it hasn't changed how we. Okay. Uh, 
yeah, how we're because we started off being just a digital e-commerce with going out with influencers and with our customers. So it hasn't changed in the fact that we, there's other platforms now. We use Twitter, we use TikTok, um, but Instagram and Facebook are really our major ones. Of course, we have our website that we direct people to, most importantly, because that's where the sales come from. So also making sure that we have the education on our website is a really big part for us to do. Like, how does it work? Answer their questions. And as I said, yeah. you only have those three seconds to people for, to click through. So making it exciting and making them want to know more, that's where they can then go to the website and find out more. Yeah, okay. Um, that's very, very good. So I might just um, I might just skip forward and start to look at the future, Lizzie. I mean, obviously we're all, we're all um, hoping that things settle down soon. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'd like to wish you and Faith Halo all the very best for 2020. And as we start to come out of the, fi- uh, the, the the out of this COVID thing and return to whatever our new normal is going to look like, yes. um, do you have any final thoughts or, or insights that you you might share with some of the merchants uh, that, that listen to our podcast? Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, with this is going to be really interesting, right? And this is what the data has shown too. People are realising that there is now going to be a new normal and what perhaps for other brands and ourselves that are are a digital e-commerce based brand, for the people that did never want to do online shopping or were too hesitant to do online shopping or a little bit fearful of it, now they've actually been forced to do online shopping more than they ever have in the past. So let's show them that it is it can be quite an easy process and you know and make it exciting for that now people are going to be more interested they're more engaged in online shopping so make it easy for them don't overcomplicate it and help them come along on this new journey yeah, I think you're exactly right, and a lot of people are saying that 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 COVID has actually you know accelerated something that was already happening in terms of you know unfortunately that change for retail physical retail bricks and mortar stores was already very much happening and an obvious trend, and e-commerce growth was also uh, an obvious trend as well. But the COVID situation has really exaggerated and accelerated those trends. Yes, it it, it definitely has, and that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. You know, people can get their, their online shopping delivered to their front door. So it's certainly, you know, and then once COVID sort of settles down, people will still go out to the stores, but they will understand if it's com- the convenience now of having something delivered to your front door. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, and I completely agree that, that overall and long term as people change and, and shift into online more and more, it is going to be a positive thing for more and more and more people in, in every way, both from the business's point of view and the, and the consumers. Absolutely. Um, we can wrap it up, Lizzie. I mean, I'd like to say, you know, a huge thank you um, to you for joining us today. I know you're extremely busy and uh, perhaps we've been lucky with COVID that you're actually here in Perth and not jetting off to Europe or the USA, but um, yeah. it's been a really really super interesting conversation and thank you very much for joining us on the shopify dropify oh it's been absolute pleasure um thank you so much and you guys are doing a great job this is a a really great podcast that you've put together and you're doing some fascinating things so thank you i really appreciate you saying that notwithstanding that i know my voice is a little rough and i wish i maybe had some more cultured tones to work with but unfortunately i'm stuck with my tasmanian accent and i'm doing my best with it (laughs) 
It sounds good to me. Thank you, Lizzie. I love you for saying that. <laughs> um, all the very best with you, uh, for you with Face Halo for the immediate future and definitely the rest of 2020. And I hope we can uh, connect again when, when we've got our Shopify meetups back up and running here in Perth. And we'd love to see you uh, along at one of those sometime as well. Oh, count me in. I'd love to join you. Awesome. Thanks again, Lizzie. You've been fantastic. Thanks, Ben. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you learned a lot. If your business needs e-commerce and Shopify help, contact Ben and Scott at The Cut and get the expert help you need to change and grow. Please share this podcast and keep listening in. We are dropping new episodes all the time. And if you have something to say, you could be our next guest. Call The Cut or visit thecut.net.au to make your own podcast episode happen. Shopify till you dropify. Thanks for listening. Access e-commerce expertise from The Cut anytime. Visit thecut.net.au and connect on Facebook and LinkedIn.